Shall we dance? The Extra Point Post Game Show with the Dean of Sports Talk, Steve Russell. Anything can happen. Gonna get crazy. The dust is now settled, and it's time to get your thoughts, feelings, and reactions. We really gotta get started. Give us a call at 392 Talk. That's 392 8255. This thing feels big, it really feels good, and uh, and everybody in town's gonna be on it. Let's turn it over to your host, Steve Russell, right here on ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. Well, because of when last night's game took place, we are doing a extra point sports scene. That's what we're doing today. We're combining both of them. Welcome. Uh, Jamie's going to produce the broadcast today. This is going to be kind of a hodgepodge today because we're still going to have a couple of guests. Uh, if you want to talk about some of the upcoming games this weekend and pick them, you can do that too. Uh, but obviously, we will have... Uh, your reaction to last night. Uh, the phone lines are open. We're going to talk to Max Chadwick from Pro Football Focus at 12.15, uh, Cornelius Ingram at 12.30, and then uh, barring a last-minute guest, uh, it'll be us here on the Extra Point slash Sports Scene. 392 You can email srussell at wruf.com. Uh, so that is what we got cooking today. Charles says, thought Mertz played hard, performed well enough to win with our defensive players, but no way could we win with our offensive line. Please, not another year with ineptness in the red zone. Uh, Bill, prior for the team leaving for Utah, Napier said, if you think about goals and last year and improvements we need to make, we always take great pride in being a team that doesn't beat itself and not giving other teams anything relative to undisciplined penalties. I anticipate us taking a step forward and not playing like our teams in the past. In your opinion, did the team and coaching take a step forward uh, in the area he was referring to? Seems like the problem still exists with key undisciplined penalties, poor judgment, uh, mistakes, helping the team beat itself. Uh, yeah, there was some of that still. Uh, and look, that's not going to be fixed overnight. This is still a pretty young team that's out there. So, again, I think this is going to be a bit of a work in progress. Daryl, hello. Good afternoon, Steve. Hey. Steve, you know, in the first half, I wish, just wish we'd have stuck with the passing game because, you know, like Shane said on the broadcast last night, when, you know, you're stacking eight in a box, I mean, I don't care who you got in the backfield, you can't run the ball, and that opens up the passing lane. I just wish we'd have stuck with that more, you know, in the first half, like I say. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if, if that's in Billy's DNA, and, and I hope it is because, now look, Utah's very good on defense. I think a lot of times fans of any team don't want to give credit to the opponent. Utah was missing eight starters last night, and their defense still played pretty well. So give them credit where it's due. But, I mean, it was obvious what they were trying to do. They were not going to let Johnson and ETN beat them. And so, yes, Mertz threw for 300 yards, and I think people forget that. But could he have thrown for more? Maybe. Yeah, I think most played a pretty good ball game last night myself, Steve. And, you know, Steve, I don't know where you start with these penalties. I mean, you blame the kids, you blame the coaching staff, you know, with you got, you know, Wilson out there with the same jersey number on as uh, Marshall on the field at the same time. I mean, it's just undisciplined. Where do you go from there? You go to correct it, like anything else. I understand that. 
but where do you – I mean, where would you put the blame, Steve, in your opinion? Uh, both ways? Sure. I mean, it, it's the coach's responsibility to put the players in position. It is then the player's job to do what they're asked to do when they're asked to do it. It's a combination. I mean, it, if, if a player goes out there, and we don't, I wasn't there, you know, I wasn't on the field, was that player sent out incorrectly? Did that player go out? We don't know that. So, again, you just have to try to fix it and move forward. It's all you can do. Yeah. Well, I say we just shot ourselves in the foot last night. I think we could have at least made the game a lot closer. Maybe possibly won the game, but uh, killed ourselves last night, Steve. Have a good weekend. Okay. Buddy. Thank you, Darrell. You know what's interesting? For all the penalties, right? And I'm a, look, I'm a realist. I'm not saying that nine penalties is not something you have to fix. Florida had 46 yards in penalty yards, and Utah had 37. 37. So nine yards differential in terms of penalty yards. It wasn't like it was 100 yards. Don, welcome to the show. Hey, good, good afternoon, Steve. How you doing? Good. Hey, Steve, uh, I was just wondering, this, um, when the Gators have the ball, is there any way they could speed up their offense some? Because, you know, you got that running clock now. It's just like, you know, the game was running down and it was taking so much time to get the ball snapped. I, I, I just don't understand why, what's, what's going on with that. Do you think they could try to fix that? I, I, I just don't understand that. Well, remember, I think there's a couple of things you can do, but it's hard to do it. You can call two plays on the huddle, right? But what if then the down and distance becomes different, right? You call two plays and you get a sack. The second play you called probably isn't the play you're going to run. And it takes it just takes time to line up, get everybody ready to go, in position. If, if you have motion, you know, all of that, that takes up some time. Yeah, I know, but maybe you don't think they could take some of that motion out and just line up and 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 just you know hack the ball and then go from there. You, you just think all oh, that motion is necessary. I know they're trying to uh, get the defense out of place, but it just seems like they could work on that. They're trying to get that ball moving faster because that, like you say, that rule change now with a different clock line. It's kind of like and I think right before halftime they had some time to maybe. Get another play in and just clock just ran out because he's just bumming around. We'll see if it gets better. Thanks, Steve. Okay, thank you. Hammer, welcome to the extra point slash sports scene. Hey, Tom, for the afternoon, TC. Hello. Hey, a lot of, a lot of good things happened last night. Um, obviously, a lot of things to correct, but I guess the one glaring stat that, that you don't win any games when you go 1 of 13 on third down conversion, Steve. No, there were a lot of things I think you can point to statistically and say, you know, that's not winning football. Uh, Florida had, with the sacks, mind you, right, 13 net yards rushing. For a team that, you know, runs the ball, that's not going to cut it either. So, yeah, there's several numbers you can look at. I mean, did anybody think Mertz was going to throw for 333? I didn't. But part of that was out of necessity because they didn't run the ball but yeah I mean they averaged seven yards uh, per attempt in passing 
And, but only 346 yards of offense. But what people forget, Utah had 270 yards of offense. That's it. And yeah. won the game. Defense played good. Not great, but good. And a lot of young players out there. So, you know, we take it. Last year, Steve, we won that game doing pretty good. This year, we didn't win the game. I feel too good. But we got a lot of ball to play. So, hope we learn to be better in the long run. Go Gators, Steve. All right. Thank you, Hammer. Uh, Matt, welcome to the show. Steve, was it seven pre-snap procedure penalties? Is that correct? No. I mean, Steve, uh, so they weren't PIs, they weren't personal fouls. What were all the penalties? I don't think there were seven all of them. Starts. I don't think there were seven of them, but. Uh, I think it was, I think, Steve, Whatever, let's say it's off. five, six, or seven. We're talking in the same ballpark. Yeah. Okay, but it's it's egregious is what it – I mean, would you somewhat agree with that, Steve? Sure. I mean, I understand it was as bad of a look as you could get for your first game. Well, you I know, mean, you had all year. It was worse than the Bandy games. Well, here's – but this is, this is interesting I mean, to me. If Gator fans uh-huh. pride themselves on the swamp, right, the noise, sure. it's difficult to hear, sure. right? So when false starts happens, that's okay because your fans – Help make that happen. Well, what about Utah's fans? They're 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 pretty loud in a smaller packed yeah, stadium. Maybe that's something to do with it. I don't know. 000. Yeah. Well, look, I I think it was embarrassing. I think that the coaching it it was not a good look. Moving forward, I think that he he needs to play the young players and get them out there, get them seasoned. By doing that, maybe next year you have more seasoning and you might keep some of this recruiting class that, trust me, a lot of these kids right now are looking at moving. This is That was that was as bad. That was as Derek Dooley-esque of a coaching performance as I've ever seen. Talk to you later. Okay, thank you, Matt. If players, if you're right, you're not, I don't believe, but if you are, that – Players are looking to leave after one game. I don't want those players. I don't want those players. Do you? I mean, this is one game. Last year when Florida won the game, they were going to win the national championship. This year they're not going to win a game. I get it. Are are there areas that they can get better in? Yes. I look at the glass half full. I saw some positive things. Young players last night stepped up and played pretty well in a lot of spots. And I think Agakwin being out really hurt. I don't want to pinpoint one guy, but I thought, you know, a couple guys on the offensive line struggled. But once again, Utah's got a good defensive front. GW, hello. What's up, Steve? Hey. Well, um, unfortunately, I think you're in for it today, buddy. That's okay. That's um, what I'm here for. Uh, but I will say, like, I, I just, watching that game last night, I got to agree with that last. Dude, this is, that's, he didn't have them prepared. Like that's all coaching. Like all the all the like mental error mistakes. Two guys with the same number on the field at the same time. Inexcusable, embarrassing. I mean, we just looked so unprepared. And and my my son was at the game in Utah, and he said that it was loud, but it, it wasn't so loud that you couldn't talk to the person next to you. It wasn't like that. Um, the other thing I would say is what was going on at the end of the game there. When we, it's, it looked like we were fighting to win. We, we played, we, we went for two, which again, I didn't think was really, didn't really see the point in it, I guess, but we went for two. So it looks like we're trying to win. 
And then there's five minutes left, and we're walking up to the line of scrimmage. We're lollygagging around. We're using up the entire play clock. That's just terrible clock management. And my and I can't see the sideline, obviously, but, I mean, is he not telling them to rush to the line of scrimmage? We need to score two touchdowns in five minutes? Well, this is what – because I kept a chart of the game last night. Um, I'll meet you halfway on that. Sometimes when you go no huddle, right, and, and this point was made earlier, it, I don't know anybody that just gets out of a no huddle, lines up, and goes. There, there's most, you still run the play, but in the fourth quarter, Florida ran no huddle almost exclusively. So, well, there's a difference between no huddle and, and you, you can still get rush the playoff. up to the line. Yes, I you don't you. even have to run. You can jog up to the line and hike the ball. I was dumbfounded. Like, we wasted probably three minutes on that last drive, Steve. Uh, by the time that drive was over, there was less than two minutes left. And that was all because we weren't rushing. We weren't hurrying. Like, the guy got out of bounds, but then we didn't rush up there to hurry up and get a playoff. We walked up there. And, I mean, is that not on the coaches? I mean. If, if that's what they were supposed to do and didn't do. And I'm not in the huddle. Wouldn't, but, Steve, I mean, come on, man. You've, you've been around football for a long time. You're down by two scores. you got five minutes left. Why are you not? I didn't say you have to switch to a hurry-up offense. I'm just saying you, you need to have some urgency. Well, isn't and a we hurry-up offense urgent? I mean, like, what I'm saying is you don't have to switch to some crazy running around, you know, 10-second left offense. But you certainly should be hustling up to the line because time is a factor. And we were not doing that. Okay. All right. Like I was just sitting there watching the clock tick away, going, "Why are we not hurrying up so that we can try to score?" I just, I don't I got know, you. man. This guy. I got you. Is, All is, right. Thank I, you for your call. Twelve fifteen. Time check. Brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. We're going to hold off on the calls here. Going to get a couple of guests. Then the rest of the day, we will talk about the game last night and other things. As you listen to the extra point slash sports scene, ESPN ninety eight one FM eight fifty AM WRUF. Trending now on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Nick Van Zant, and this is your Gainesville Sports Center. Last night, the Gator football team suffered a 24-11 defeat against the Utah Utes. The Gators traveled to their farthest non-conference game since 1980, and they did not come prepared. Bad penalties inside the red zone and special teams blunders cost the Gators the game. The Gators looked to bounce back in their home opener against McNeese State on September 9th. The temporary Rays enter September hottest ever. The Rays have won four straight and look to continue their streak. Rays ace Tyler Glass now takes the bump against the Cleveland Guardians. Coverage for tonight's series opener starts at 6.30. Looking to Sunday, the 8th-ranked Florida Gators volleyball team hosts the 5th-ranked Minnesota Golden Gophers inside the Odo. The ten- top 10 matchup starts at noon. Also on Sunday, the Gators soccer team travels to South Georgia to face the Owls at 6. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Nick Van Zandt. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. I'm not exaggerating when I say this. QC Kinetics can change your life. You can live again without that chronic joint pain and without drugs or surgery. Hi, it's Steve Russell. QC Kinetics is advanced regenerative medicine. They take your body's own concentrated healing properties and put them right into your joint to restore and repair that damaged tissue that's causing all that horrible pain. The patient satisfaction reports are astonishing. Finally, a real alternative to the old ways of dealing with pain. And unlike surgery, no downtime with QC treatments. If you have constant pain in your knees, hips, shoulder, or back, 
back, you need to call and get a free consultation from the medical professionals at QC Kinetics today. Imagine this fall, moving around pain-free, doing the things you love again like walking, hiking, and playing with grandkids. Call QC Kinetics and see how the latest advances in precision regenerative medicine can attack your pain and bring you lasting relief. Now with clinics in Gainesville, Ocala, and the Villages, 352-400-4550, QC Kinetics. Hey, Bill, is that a new car? Nah, it's my same ride. I just got the dings taken out and repainted. I got it done at Mako in Gainesville. Wow, looks sharp. I thought it was a new car. Honestly, I was shocked at how good it looks. I'd recommend Mako of Gainesville to anyone. Give your car a brand new look. Take it to Mako in Gainesville. Excellent service and a fast turnaround on quality warrantied work with zero. 0% financing available. Visit MAACOGainesville.com or call 352-371-4251. Mako of Gainesville on Main Street. Saturday on Compass Media Network's coverage of NCAA football. The hunt for the national championship begins in Happy Valley as the seventh-ranked Penn State Nittany Lions host the West Virginia Mountaineers. Hi, this is TJ Reeves. Join LeVar Arrington and me for all the action as James Franklin and the Nittany Lions get a tough opening week test against upset-minded West Virginia. It's number seven Penn State and West Virginia. If it's NCAA football, it's right here. Coverage starts Saturday night at 7 on WRUF. The Extra Point Post Game Show with Steve Russell continues on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. Welcome back. Uh, We're going to hold off on phone calls here. We have a couple of guests that we're going to get on the program here uh, at about 12.45 on uh, we will take your questions, calls, and comments on the Extra Point Post Game Show slash sports scene for today. Uh, Rick says, stat that got me in the third quarter, Florida outgained Utah 108-5 to and got outscored by seven. Yep, you got to put the ball in the end zone. Uh, Adrian says, undisciplined, uh, confusion, rushing to get lined up, poor offensive rhythm, head-scratching play calling, and overall a poorly coached team, all becoming trademarks of a Napier coached team. So predictable where this is headed. Either you hire an OC play caller or next year will be his last. Amazing how we keep hiring hard-headed coaches. Lucas says, credit to Utah. It's one game. Uh, the Agakan injury was bigger than people want to admit. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Um, so, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Peyton says, at least the other football team is doing good, soccer. Yep, they are. After a rough year last year, Peyton, uh, they are. Uh, Todd says, here we go again. Don't even know where to start. Florida football has been outscored 54-6 to in the last eight quarters of football. That is not improvement. I don't think Utah's defense wasn't great. We moved the ball, and once inside the 30, we stalled. Penalties, creativity. I thought Florida could have utilized a short passing game to help establish the run. Seems we used too many bunch formations. I've said it all summer, 4-8. and eight, Five and seven, if we get lucky. It's amazing what the reaction is in one game. Amazing. Max Chadwick, Pro Football Focus, now joins us to talk a little college football. Max, sorry about being a little late. As you can imagine, a lot of discussion about the game uh, last night. Uh, let, let me get to right two things here. With the season now cranking up here, you know, for real, tell me some teams besides the obvious I think LSU, Florida State's a great matchup. North and South Carolina. Um, who, who's a little bit of a sleeper here that you like? 
of the games that we're about to watch this weekend? Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's a good question. You know, obviously last night's game was one that I was really looking forward to. Um, what did yeah, you see I, in that think, game, by the way? Oh, man, uh, Steve, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever seen a bigger difference in coaching than last night. You know, I think Utah was without, like, eight starters. You know, many of them were key players, obviously, namely Cam Rising, and it didn't matter at all. It looked like they were just, you know, ready from the get-go. Florida, though, um, you know, you saw the fourth and three where they gave up a first down because they had two number threes on the field. Uh, there's something that came out today that, that on one of the field goals towards the end of the game, Florida had eight defenders on the field, not 11 like you're supposed to have. Uh, yeah, I thought the coaching was, frankly, the, the biggest reason why Florida lost and, frankly, the biggest reason why Utah won last night. Cause I, I, don't, I just never seen a coaching difference that massive before. There's a lot of Gator fans who have already called this show today who are nodding their heads. You know, good, bad, wrong, right, yes, no. A lot of people are, are feeling that today. Um, all right, so a couple of other games. North, North and South Carolina is a game I'm looking at as well. Yes, absolutely, and I think that'll be the game that, uh, you know, if you like offense, that'll be the one to tune into because <laughs> yeah. obviously you got you got two uh, – you know, really good quarterbacks. One of them, Drake May, might be a top five pick, and I think the second best quarterback in the country. The other one, Spencer Rattler, is kind of a roller coaster ride. But when he's on, he's on. You know, he's he's a really elite quarterback when he is, uh, you know, playing his best football. But uh, otherwise, though, I mean, they got really good offenses, and then also the defenses on both sides are not very good. You know, last year they they both let up a lot of points. So I think this could be a very explosive game. And if you're a betting man, I might even take the over on this game. Uh, so yeah, that is definitely. One of the games I'm most looking forward to, and probably the game I'm most looking forward to on uh, on Saturday. Okay, I, I, you know, with the news today that not surprisingly, the ACC apparently going to add Stanford, Cal, and SMU. Um, is that good for the league? And do you think that shuts down uh, expansion or whatever it is for a while? Yeah, I think it's good for the league. You know, I think. Some schools like Florida State and Clemson and North Carolina were the known schools that uh, that were against this, and NC State flipped their vote from no to yes, uh, yes this morning, which is why ultimately those three schools are joining. But, you know, when you think about it, Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, if the ACC goes to the way of the Pac-12 and all of a sudden the ACC is folding, those three schools are the first ones you're going to think of saying, okay, you know what, they're going to be okay. You know, the, the Big Ten or SEC will gladly pick up one of those three schools. The rest of the ACC uh, is kind of left out to dry right now if that happens. So I think this is a good move. You know, you need reinforcements right now if, you know, Florida State and Clemson and North Carolina, maybe Miami, other schools decide to leave. Uh, you need reinforcements. And I think this is a really good job by the ACC of, you know, adding those schools. And to answer your question of, of whether or not we're done in realignment, I think Oregon State and Washington State, obviously the two left Pac-12 schools, uh, it came out already that the American Athletic Conference is not interested in uh, adding them. Maybe the Mountain West adds them as well, but it, it is a pretty sad uh, story for those two Power Five programs now having to probably go to the Mountain West Conference, especially Oregon State, who's a, a top 20 team right now. It was so weird, too. You're, you're watching the game last night. You, this message provided by the Pac-12, and you're thinking, you're going to be dead in a year, but I mean, it's just, it was just so sad to see that. But I, I couldn't, I didn't miss the irony in all of that. And, and again, Utah represents, and that league, as we've talked about, Max, might be the best it's been top to bottom in a long time. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny, you know, you it's all of a sudden the Pac-12, and now it's the Pac-2. You know, you got those <laughs> two right now. 
Uh, but yeah, it is, it is the irony really is crazy of this is maybe the most interesting year of the Pac-12 in, in a long time. You got a lot of awesome teams and a lot of awesome stories and quarterbacks in Pac-12, and it's all over after this year. So, you know, what a way to go out, I guess, for the Pac-12. But at the same time, it is, it is pretty sad, you know, seeing this is the final year of the conference. Um, I want to have you, I want to end here because, again, you're talking to a Gator audience and there's a lot of Gator fans who are very upset today at the way the team played. Um, I've always been sort of a glass half full guy, but I get your point. And I don't disagree with a lot of what people are saying today. But if you're looking for a shining light or, or something to be positive with, I thought some of Florida's young players played pretty well last night. They threw to a, a bunch of different receivers and they actually outgained Utah. It wasn't like Utah ran up and down the field. Did you, could you let a Gator fan know of anything that you liked that you saw out of Florida? Yeah, so, you know, it's a good question. I, I actually, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to say here, sit here and say he, he was good last night. But I think the blame being placed on Graham Burst was incorrect. I think he's a guy um, that, you know, he was fine. The offensive line was not very good. Um, but Graham made some made some good throws down the stretch of that game. So I thought he was fine. Uh, the run game was not very good. But, again, that's, again, I think the offensive line just did not perform well. So, uh, yeah, there, there were some moments, and I just really, you know, Steve, I, I just really was amazed at how bad the coaching was for Florida last night. So uh, I, I think before any Florida fans uh, point the finger at any of the players and say, oh, he didn't perform very well, and that's the big reason why we lost, you got to put the finger at the coaching staff because there were a lot of discipline mistakes that just frankly were ridiculous to happen uh, in a big game like that. So, uh, you know, luckily for them, it's a season opener. There's a long time to, to fix these mistakes, but that was a huge game last night, and uh, the coaching definitely I thought was the biggest reason why they lost. All right. As always, where can, we, where can people see your work? Yeah, you can find it uh, at Max Chadwick CFB on Twitter, TikTok, and then also PFF.com. And my show preferred walk-on, too, with all the uh, interviews I've done with a lot of players and coaches, namely Kyle Whittingham, the Utah coach I, I actually talked to, uh, who you know put on a virtuoso performance last night. Yeah, with eight starters out, they managed to win a game. Yeah. yeah. Appreciate you, Max. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Steve. You got it. Max Chadwick. So, Gator fans, he's, for those who are bashing the coaching, he's in your corner. Cornelius Ingram is going to join us next, talk about his Hawthorne team. They play a good Newberry team tonight. After that, the phone lines open for the rest of the day here on the Extra Point slash Sports Scene. 1227, Tie Check brought to you by Hayes Shittery, ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Anchored in the soul of Gator Nation and coming to you live from the second story of the CJC on the campus of the University of Florida, you are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Raise a glass to good times at Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. Every Tuesday, we raise martini glasses for our Martini Tuesday, where you can enjoy 50% off select handcrafted martinis. On Wine Wednesday, we toast with 50% off on bottles of wine up to $75. And, of course, don't forget to celebrate the weekend with an incredible Spurrier's Gridiron Grill brunch buffet with bottomless mimosas and Bloody Marys at the hottest restaurant in Florida in the heart of Gator Nation, Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. Nothing's better than taking to Florida's waterways with family and friends. But some boat operators don't realize that bow riding is extremely dangerous. It can lead to tragic accidents if someone falls overboard because of speed or direction changes. 
Be sure your passengers sit only in manufacturer-designated areas while underway. Their safety is your responsibility. Safe boating is no accident. To learn more, visit the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission at myfwc.com. When it's the hottest day of the summer. But it's the hottest day of the summer. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. Pick up Bud Light at your local convenience store today. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, how great it would feel to have your 20-year-old knees, shoulders, hips, and back. You know, you don't think about your pains when you're in your 20s or 30s, but you wish you could get that body back when you're in your 60s. I think QC did that for me. For Patrick, it started with a simple phone call to QC Kinetics. One day I was driving and I just heard the radio and I pulled over and took the number and I called them when I got home. Maybe that's you and you're listening right now. Why wait? QC Kinetics Regenerative Treatments uses your body's own natural biologics to heal and restore damaged tissue without invasive surgery or harmful drugs. And as for the results... My knees are as good as they were when I was in my 20s. I'm really happy with what happened. For Patrick, it's like QC Kinetics turned back the clock. Now it's your turn. Call QC Kinetics today for your complimentary consultation. Call QC Kinetics, 352-400-4550. That's 352-400-4550. Now with offices in Gainesville, Ocala, and the Villages. 352-400-4550. From the UF Weather Center, here is your WRUF weather update. Today, clouds and sun early, high temperatures in the upper 80s, but it is going to feel very muggy, heat indices in the lower 100s. Scattered showers early, becoming widespread inland by the evening. Heavy rainfall rates could lead to localized flooding. A few lingering showers early on tonight, then cloudy skies tomorrow morning, lows in the mid-70s. From the UF Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Megan Borowski. The Extra Point Post Game Show with Steve Russell continues on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. A combined Extra Point Post Game Show today, along with Sports Scene. We'll open the phone lines back up in about 15 minutes. I'm going to bring in my friend Cornelius Ingram, of course, Gator great, coaching at Hawthorne. They will play a good Newberry team. Uh, that should be a terrific game. Maybe the best game in the area tonight. See, I got to ask, did you watch last night? If you did, what'd you see? Uh, I definitely watched. Um, up until up until halftime, um, it's been been a long week, so I was kind of tired. But I mean, I seen some great play early on, especially from the quarterback. I know a lot of people wanted to see um, what was out there. Um, Anthony Richardson, I, I think the quarterback played well. Um, even on the first play of the game, I think our DBs were in the right position. Um, probably just didn't make a play on the ball. So um, it's early. You know, it's early. Uh, I'm not hitting the panic button yet. Um, and then, of course, uh, we're still recruiting. So, you know, there are certain guys have to get in to, to, to help our football program out um, in the next couple of years. Um, but, but I'm definitely not panicking yet. I'm going to quote Nick Saban here, CI, because he talks about rat poison, right? And, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes when you win, complacency sets in. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you guys, the champs, have you, what's been the attitude of your team, you know, coming off that championship? Well, right away in the offseason, um, you know, our first day in the weight room, you know, I kind of just went around and I was, you know, yelling to my team about, 
you know, how that state championship, you know, wasn't theirs. Um, I had a lot of great senior play who was playing Division One ball or Division Two ball, um, who were seniors for us and captains for us, who, who did a lot for our program. And I told them, I said, that was, that was their state championship. You got to go get your own, especially with everyone gunning for you. Um, you you got to go get your own. So I think we hit the reset button right away early in the offseason. Um, I think we started practice well. Uh, but, of course, you know, being in this Florida heat, right, it's been up and down, uh, yeah. not only for us, but all the other schools in the state of Florida. It's too hot. Um, you can't be on the field. And then, you know, the next day it's a thunderstorm. So uh, it's a lot that goes into, you know, preparing for a game. And I, I don't know if people really understand um, how how hard it is to get these kids to really lock in. Um, you don't have much time uh, in school. Like right now I'm in the middle of a, of a walkthrough where I have all my guys basically skipping lunch because of the hurricane this week. On Monday we had lightning in the area, so we didn't get on the field. So our first day on the field was actually yesterday, and we only had a good hour or so then. Um, so walkthroughs are important. You got to get guys to really lock in, and I'm just happy I got a, a mature bunch who understands the process. See, I, you you mentioned something earlier that I think even at the high school level resonates, and that is, you know, when you talked about teams that are gunning for you. I mean, almost mm-hmm. everybody you play, I don't care what classification mm-hmm. it is, they know what you've accomplished. They know, you know, what you've mm-hmm. done. How does your how do your kids handle that knowing that you're the hunted team almost every week? Yeah, um, you know, we, we just try to do a good job with, with keeping these guys level headed. Um and, and you know, you talk about hearing how special you are from relatives, from people in the barbershops, whenever you go in the grocery store. So it's my job as the head coach and then the assistant coaches is to make sure we keep these guys humble and you know, just understanding the process because just like you said we get championship effort from every team. Yeah. Championship effort from every team. So that means any given night, you know, you you can get knocked off. And um, I think we have an understanding of that as, as a program, and that helps us uh, going forward. So we'll try to, conti- try to continue to keep that mindset. It's a very tough opponent tonight, and we travel over to Newberry. So it'll be a great crowd, great atmosphere, um, and, and I know my guys are looking for it. Yeah, I mean, Coach Johnson seems to have a pretty good bunch this year. What do you see with his Newberry team? Uh, they're explosive on both sides of the ball. Um, their D-line looks, looks like a college uh, Division One line. Uh, they got guys on the outside who can make plays at the receiver position. So we have to be in place, man, to make plays, um, stick to our fundamentals in, in, in our game plan. Uh, but but it's, 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 this is a different Newberry team that we've ever seen. Uh, so uh, we got our work cut out for us, but I think my guys will be up for the task. Last question. I actually had somebody email and ask this, and I think it's a great question, CI. You know, back when I coached, you know, you'd call a school and say, hey, do you want to play if it was baseball or whatever the sport was? But mm-hmm. there may be a lot of 1A schools that don't want to play you, and yet you know you mm-hmm. want to play good competition to prepare you for the long haul. Mm-hmm. What is the schedule-making process like for you? Oh, it's tough. Um, last year alone, uh, we traveled to Jacksonville maybe twice. Uh, we traveled to Orlando once. Uh, we're traveling to St. Pete this year. Uh, we traveled to Tallahassee. So there's a lot of times 
there's a lot of times where um, we want to set certain games um, in the area and, you know, hopefully we can, you know, play play certain teams. But, you know, that's the nature of it. And I know most of the time when you improve or you get kids to transfer to your school, you know, a, a, a lot of people get upset. Listen, kids are transferring everywhere. I lost eight or nine transfer kids last year, and we won a state championship. So um, we do a great job with developing our players, um, and, and, and we can't help that. You know, the program speaks for itself. Um, it'll continue to speak for itself. And um, I love I love where we are. But, but it is hard to schedule games, especially, you know, schools that are in 1A um, that's close in our area. Should be good tonight, though. Newberry hosting Hawthorne CI. My pleasure to have you as always, my friend. Thanks for doing it. Yep, thanks for having me. You got it. Cornelius Ingram done a great job over at Hawthorne. Okay, the rest of the day, uh, we are doing Extra Point Sports Scene, 392-8255. You can email srussell at wruf.com. Uh, let's see here. Brian says, pitiful. One word for this Gator team. The more I see from Napier, I'm seeing another bad hire in coach uh, over his head. No reasonable Gator fan expected a huge year from this team, but to be embarrassed by a Utah team, down so many players is a new low. Was that embarrassing? Um, I don't know. Special teams is a laughing stock, factoring into games. Napier's looking more and more like the last coach who refused to adjust his coaching. Florida's become the laughing stock of the SEC. It doesn't look like the man in charge is going to be the one to change it. Hope I'm wrong. We'll continue to pull for the team. But after what I saw, to win one SEC game and beat the two FCS schools will be a miracle. No way this recruiting class stays together if this is the product Napier is going to produce. Is it basketball season yet? Jim, worst coach team of any kind I've ever seen. Aaron says, here we are again, long season ahead. Not sure Gator fans will saddle up and enjoy the ride. If Florida beats Tennessee, all be forgiven. Will it not? That's the nature of the beast. Could get ugly along the way. Improvement must just be weighed with ugly. Uh, William? Uh, Grades for the Gators defense, B minus. Offensive line, F. Quarterback, C minus. Running backs, no grade because the offensive line was bad. Wide receivers, B minus. Coach play calling, F. Napier needs an offensive coordinator. Mark, uh, you're sitting at lunch with 10 well-respected college football journalists and analysts. The following topic arises. Name some of the top offensive minds in college football today. I can't imagine any of them would answer Billy Napier. Would you? No, I would not. Because you, you said top 10 uh, offensive minds. No, I don't, I don't think so. Um, Lucas, credit to Utah. It's one game, a Gawkwin injury, bigger than people want to admit. James, general observations, poor discipline, equipment penalty, special teams awful, line played awful, turnovers at the worst time, quarterback has a decent arm with okay, good receivers, need to tighten up down the stretch to get back in it, likely had a chance, coaching and clock management poor, embarrassing, showcase loss. James, welcome to the show. Hey, Steve. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm echoing a lot of the sentiments of some of your calls and emails. Uh, uh, was it embarrassing? It was definitely disappointing. Um, I, I thought initially, I thought Utah would win 24-17, 24-14. We'd, we'd be within 10 points. Uh, I, I got to say, let, let's put you know 
uh, shine the light on some of the positive things. I think Merck played very well. Uh, I liked how he moved up in the pocket. I mean, definitely has some offensive line issues around the edge, but he didn't uh, he didn't panic. And even some of his passes that he threw away, those were you know live the live to see the next down. I was very impressed with Merck's play. Uh, but coaching, you know, we had a coach here that used to say uh, offense, defense, special teams, and special teams is really important. And first, uh, last five minutes of the first half and the first five minutes of the second half are very important. And I didn't see that out there. I mean, that, you know, two number threes on the field, uh, fair catching inside the five-yard line. It's like they never practice a punt return. So disappointed definitely in that area. Okay. Thank you, James. I appreciate it. Uh, Michael says, your thoughts on the ACC adding SMU, Cal, and Stanford, you know, good for the ACC. Uh, I think they had to sort of keep up with the Joneses uh, to expand, and they did that. Al says, the game was the same embarrassing performance as last year. Wondering about poor coaching and lack of uh, prep line, still trying to figure a lineup. I'm not sure. That's not really English, but um, I think it's A-Shock. After watching the game, I concluded the head coach is not of the caliber we expect at Florida, but it starts at the top. AD came here from, at best, a second-rate program, which didn't win championships. He recruits coaches from the second-rate programs because this is his best. Florida must fire the AD and hire somebody used to winning championships. The new AD will go and hire the best coaches to make Florida a winning program. We can complain all we want, but the coach and his assistants have not shown they can do any better. I feel sorry for the players who came here thinking they were going to be in a great program. I'm just going to say this. Say it again. I get the lens that you're judging by. The guys coached, what, 14 games. The leash for coaches now is shorter and shorter. I'm going to tell you this. If Florida plays Tennessee and wins, will there be the praise for that? I don't know. Greg, hello. I bummed out myself, too, and um, just point out a couple things when it started off. First, I want to ask you a question I got to ask your producer. Some people in you are saying the injuries affected this team. We lost two starters. So what other injuries were there? I didn't say injuries affected it. No, you, you've read three emails where it said the injuries affected our play a lot more than most fans want to admit. You just read it. Well, so what injuries other than the starting running, uh, second string running back, and then the, I know the deep, the defensive end rusher. But what other injuries? Agakwin, I didn't know the, the, on the on the offensive line. I think that I think that loss hurt. So the center. Yep. Okay. Well, this is what I know is when Steve Spurrier was hard headed, and he wouldn't get out of the the under center. He went to the shotgun and won a national championship. When Urban Meyer was hard-headed, he overcame and adapted, and he adjusted his sales, and he succeeded with Chris Leak. He even was he even and Mullen. I still remember reading the GatorSports.com article. It was literally. Well, okay, we lost you, I guess. Um, all right, twelve forty-four. Time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. The Extra Point postgame show slash sports scene rolls on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Sports Center, here's what's trending now on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Nick Van Zandt, and this is your Gainesville Sports Center. Last night, the Gator football team traveled to Salt Lake City, Utah to face the Utes. The Gators couldn't get anything on the ground. Florida averaged just .6 yards per carry. 
Multiple special, special teams mistakes also played a part in Thursday's 24-11 defeat. The Gears look to get back to 500 in their home opener against the East State next Saturday. Looking ahead on Sunday, the 8th-ranked Gator volleyball team hosts the 5th-ranked Minnesota Golden Gophers inside the O-Dome in a top-10 matchup. The Gears have won their first three games of the season. Sunday's game starts at noon. Tonight, the Tampa Bay Rays start the opener of their three-game series against the Cleveland Guardians. The Rays have won four straight and are just one-half games out of the first in the AL East. Tampa Bay also hosts a six-and-a-half game advantage in the AL Wildcard. Coverage for tonight's game starts right here at 6.30. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Nick Van Zant. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. I was in a car accident that ultimately resulted in the death of my best friend. I initially contacted another law firm, and I thought I was confident in that decision. As time went on, I was at a loss. I eventually reached out to Melden Law from a family friend who knows Carrie himself, and I gave him a call, and they completely changed everything for me. If we can help you, give us a call at one 800 373-8000 at Meldon Law. We won't back down. Man, oh man, this summer heat is intense and there's no better way to cool off than spending time in or on the water with family and friends. It's perfect timing too because Polaris of Gainesville is having a summer boat sale. We're talking about saving hundreds and thousands of dollars. Rebates as large as $5,000. 2023 models are clearly priced and discounted to go. Don't miss out on the big savings as we slash prices to make room for 2024 models. Key West, California Skiff, Ranger Boats, Tracker Boats, Sun Tracker Pontoon, Nitro Bass Boats, all clearly marked with a discount or promotion. Visit Polaris of Gainesville and discover the huge savings. Prices are so low, we are not allowed to advertise them on the radio or internet. Boats are deeply discounted and marked for sale. And when they're gone, they're gone. So don't miss out. Highway 441 between Gainesville and Alachua. PolarisofGainesville.com. The Extra Point Post Game Show with Steve Russell continues on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. Interesting email from uh, Steve. He says, uh, why would you say it's amazing the fan reaction after one game? If the team and coaches stunk in the game, pessimism would be warranted in my opinion. I don't disagree if you're talking about the game. But I'm already hearing fire the guy. I'm already hearing he's not the right guy. Fire the AD. That's what I'm talking about. This is one game. If it continues, do I get it? I certainly get it. But that's my point with that, Stephen. Um, okay, let's get to Brian's call. Brian, hi. Hey Steve, I'm, I'm I'm frustrated just like you about the uh, uh, you know about the fan base. It's, I, I understand it's one game. Um, you know, I understand we lost. You know, no one wants to see the team more, win more than me. But you know, it's just our fan base, man. It's just y'all got to everybody's got to chill out and just 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 enjoy it. Enjoy enjoy football. You know, I, I took from the game last night. We got a really good quarterback. We got a tough quarterback. You know, someone's going to put their body on the line, unlike last year. Um, and also our defense, our defense. Man, I saw tackles last night that we never made last year. Open field tackles, tackles for losses. You know, our, our defensive line didn't play all that well, but they were a great offensive line. But, you know, it, it's just frustrating, our fan base, you know. It's, it's going to get better. 
going to get better, you know, and, and it, what, what good is it going to do to fire the, fire the coach? You know, the players that he's bringing in is they're, they're, they're doing good things. You know, it, it takes time to rebuild. It takes time to, to mold. You know, some of the penalties last night, yeah, you know, that's coaching. You know, coach owned up to it, you know. So, well, you know, I, I just called it an event, my frustration, but Gator Nation just needs to chill out and just, just, just enjoy it. All right, Brian. Thank you. Well, it's hard to enjoy it, and I think, okay, and I think what you've got now is fifteen years of frustration here. I think that's what this is. Um, okay. Now I'm a little. No. Okay. Uh, you have blown up the phone lines. We literally have blown up the phone lines. So. <laughs> Uh, I will uh, read emails until we fix it. Um, Patrick says, Utah's head coach salary, $4.7 million, Napier, $7.1 million. Who would you want as your coach? Uh, Brandon, waiting to hear Gator Nation's response to the game. Looking back at the stats, seeing Florida went from 1 for 13 on third down was alarming. Fans pointing out the penalties. It wasn't a ton of yards, but I do think the penalties came at crucial times. I agree. Positive note, great to see a lot of young guys getting playing time, making plays. Wilson has great acceleration and burst. Love to see him get the ball and make guys miss. How was the play calling? A suspect. Suspect. I mean, look, if you're loading the box, you've got to throw the ball. And they just Utah was not going to let Florida beat them running the ball. He said, I saw some good and bad. I didn't like the screen call. He called the middle of the third quarter on fourth down behind the line of scrimmage. Max, your guest, Max commented he said the game was the biggest coaching gap was dead on. With that being said, it's the first game of the season, hoping for better games. Uh, let's see here. Paul, tough week, only got worse last night. Team looked totally flat. I don't think we're flat. Too many silly mistakes. Need a leader to step up and fire up his teammates. No sense of urgency at the end of the game, trying to score in the final drive. First game, I get it. Players deserve to be running laps today, maybe some coaches too. Illegal procedure, false start penalties killed us, and the same jersey number penalty looking to Monday and putting this week behind us. Well, that's really all you can do, I would imagine. John says, live in Gainesville, enjoyed your show for many years. To your point, if Florida does beat Tennessee, the fans will do a 180. They'll beat everybody else to win the national championship. <clears throat> if they do beat Tennessee, you should play some clips of these calls today just to show how fickle the fan base is. Well, in fairness, John, I think you, you look at what is in front of what, the last thing you saw. I say that a lot, right? What do we have to judge? This is the last thing you saw. It's hard to look ahead. This is the last thing you saw. I understand. Uh, Eric says... Coach Napier has managed special teams by committee. Looks like it's time to switch to appointing a dedicated special teams coordinator. Um, maybe. Maybe. Um, are we good? Okay. All right. Let's get uh, John to the show here. Hi, John. Hey, good afternoon, Steve. Uh, you know, I like Napier, but somehow I think he's got a serious learning curve, and he's better learn real quick, like within a couple of weeks, because uh, – this guy's in over his head as far as I'm concerned. I, I never forget last year after the uh, Utah game, he made a co real cocky comment. I'm surprised they even pay us coaches to coach, you know? I'm surprised myself 
they pay him so much to coach when you haven't even got a proven track record. Thank you, Steve. All right. Thank you. Uh, we'll take a break. Come back. We'll wrap up the first hour of the Extra Point Post Game Show slash Sports Scene ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WAUF. From the heart of campus and the College of Journalism and Communications on Stadium Road, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. College football season is here, and there's lots of great plays being made. Hey, it's Steve Russell. Let me tell you about one of my favorite plays when it comes to my automobile. I take it to Dave Mays Automotive. Why? Because I trust the team to treat me and my vehicle with respect, integrity, and honesty. If you're tired of being treated like a number at the chain stores, make a great play and head to Dave Mays Automotive, located at 2905 Northeast 19th Drive in the industrial complex behind the Sunnies on Waldo Road. Brakes, AC, oil changes, tires, engine and transmission work, and of course, their famous bug check. Modern to import, diesel trucks and fleet service, they do it all. Learn more at DaveMaysAutomotive.com. Dave Mays Automotive, we get the bugs, all of them bugs, out of your car. The diamond buying opportunity of the year is happening next weekend, September 8th, 9th, and 10th at International Diamond Center. It's IDC's three-day bridal event where you can buy like a dealer buys. Rare, precious GIA certified diamonds. All shapes, all sizes, all at rock bottom prices. Rounds, ovals, princess cuts, cushion cuts, emerald cuts. All natural, perfectly cut diamonds certified by the most prestigious gem labs in the world. Get the best prices of the year and take advantage of 36 months zero interest financing on any purchase. And for this event, you can match that diamond with a perfect ring from Takori or Viraggio. Both world-class designers are flying in their entire collections for this. Come join us as we open the IDC vault and showcase the largest selection of diamonds you've ever seen in one place at prices you never thought possible and get three years zero interest financing. It's next weekend, September 8th, 9th, and 10th, exclusively at International Diamond Center at Celebration Point on approved credit. Scorching hot car interiors can cause devastating injuries or worse in just a matter of minutes. Take extra care in making sure your whole family is out of the car before leaving. Put your purse, wallet, or phone in the back seat as a reminder. If you see a child or pet locked in a car, call 911 immediately. Remember, there's no excuse for leaving anyone behind. Go to flhsmv.gov slash child safety for more info. That's flhsmv.gov. A message from the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. You love the Gators. We know that. But how well do you know your Gators? The HBC wants you to show us with your Pfizer's vision. Every week, Coach is giving an autographed Pfizer and a $50 gift card away to Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. All you have to do is log on to WRUF.com and guess the total combined points that will be scored in the current week's Gators football game. The closest one to the final tally, without going over, will win an autographed Pfizer and a $50 gift card, courtesy of Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. And it's only here on your home for Gators football. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. The Extra Point Post Game Show with Steve Russell continues on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. 
All right, we're going to take as many calls to end the hour. Then we'll have the second hour uh, and go from there. David, you're up. Hello. Hey, Steve. Um, you know, I'm a big Billy apologist and everything, but it's kind of like when your kid goes to school and you brag on them and you talk about how great they've done and how well-behaved they are, and they go there and then they show themselves off and make a fool of themselves and embarrass you. That's a lot of what it feels like with Gator fans. And I get that frustration. Because we've been dealing with it since Muschamp. And I loved Muschamp in the same way I liked Mullen. And it just seems like nothing's been clicking. So when you wonder why Gator fans are upset, it's because it's not that we haven't just had the guy. It's that one part of our team has been laughably embarrassing. Laughably embarrassing for the last 15 years. Whether it's the offense, whether it's the defense, whether it's stupid penalties, whether it's recruiting. Now, Billy has a Three or what? A top three class coming in. That's great. If he keeps all three timeouts in his pocket in the first half, chooses to throw a screen pass on a third and long, and I don't know, doesn't teach his players how to do a no look count, and we keep getting false starts. It's not going to matter what rank that we have there. What it just it, it's frustrating as a Gator fan seeing all of these intangible pieces coming together, and then just it looked like we didn't even want to be there. And I can't believe that our center coming back is going to be that big of an influence well, on well, the line. How do you figure that they didn't want to be there? I don't understand that. Steve, we planned for an entire year to play this team. And we get out there and we score 11 points. Right, but it, it doesn't, doesn't mean you, but it doesn't mean that they're not wanting to play or that. I mean, and, and let's face it, Utah's pretty good. Utah's a good team, and you're playing somebody on the road in a place they haven't lost in in forever. You're playing a, a, you're playing a stadium of that is barely two-thirds of the size of a normal SEC stadium. You don't play a stadium. You don't play a stadium. You're playing in a stadium. But you don't play a stadium. You play a team. Utah. You just, you just brought up home field advantage. Right, home field advantage, and that's what it is. It's a home field advantage. I don't care if 20 people are there. They don't lose there. Their fan base is great. They don't lose there. And that's it, it should be the same way here. That's my point. And you're playing on the road against a ranked team. Are you not? Steve, you're playing against a team in a conference that is historically known to not I don't care what history says. You're playing against a ranked you're just bringing team. Up history for Thank you. For okay. My, they're ranked. They're the defending Pac-12 champions. You're not playing the deaf and blind here. Okay? Hour two coming up. Stay with us. This is Scott Strickland. We hope you enjoyed the preceding Gators sporting event. We now return to regularly scheduled programming right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Our mobility said he was going to be a star, and he is. They built their franchise around him. Look at He's got it. Touchdown, Bills. I like winning. Whatever I'm asked to do, I'm willing to do. ESPN Radio, happy pre-end to all who observe. We got some pre-end vibes on this Friday. It's a holiday weekend. It probably started yesterday for you. And if it did, we're a part of it. We appreciate it. He's Braden Gall. I'm not exaggerating when I say this. 
QC Kinetics can change your life. You can live again without that chronic joint pain and without drugs or surgery. Hi, it's Steve Russell. QC Kinetics is advanced regenerative medicine. They take your body's own concentrated healing properties and put them right into your joint to restore and repair that damaged tissue that's causing all that horrible pain. The patient satisfaction reports are astonishing. Finally, a real alternative to the old ways of dealing with pain. And unlike surgery, no downtime with QC treatments. If you have constant pain in your knees, hips, shoulder, or back, you need to call and get a free consultation from the medical professionals at QC Kinetics today. Imagine this fall, moving around pain-free, doing the things you love again like walking, hiking, and playing with grandkids. Call QC Kinetics and see how the latest advances in precision regenerative medicine can attack your pain and bring you lasting relief. Now with clinics in Gainesville, Ocala, and the Villages, 352-400-4550, 352-400-4550-QC Kinetics. Do you wish you could take half the week off by Wednesday? At Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, you can do just that. Every Tuesday is Martini Tuesday, where you can enjoy a handcrafted martini for 50%. Shall we day. The Extra Point Post Game Show with the Dean of Sports Talk, Steve Russell. Anything can happen. It's going to get crazy. The dust is now settled, and it's time to get your thoughts, feelings, and reactions. We really got to get started. Give us a call at 392-TALK. That's 392-8255. This thing feels big. It really feels good, and uh, and everybody in town's going to be on it. Let's turn it over to your host, Steve Russell, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. Welcome in to hour two of the extra point post game show, which normally airs after the game, but because it was so late last night, we decided to do this today along with Sports Scene. Jamie is producing, and as we expected, a lot of people have something to say about the game, and that's really good. We will hear from you, 392-8255. You can email srussell at wruf.com. I'm just going to amplify the last call here. Florida did not play a bad team last night. And granted, you're going to say, well, they had eight starters out and they still won. Well, good teams have depth. Good teams withstand that, right? Bad teams that don't have a lot of depth can't withstand that. Utah is a good team. They are ranked. There's a reason they are ranked. And they would be even better if they had Rising. Even better if they had Keithy. So, anyway. Daryl, go ahead. Hey, Steve, how you doing? Good. I think I think what some people are saying, you know, I had my, my, my best friend, like, call me. Well, I talked to him, and he kind of, like, calmed me down with the quarterback play. This play was good. I have to go back and look at it. But what, I, what, the people, what some of the people are saying is just the things that shot ourselves in the foot, and we've seen those things last year. You know, to, to me, that was coaching to have two kids on the field. That's, if you know there, you know, it's a possibility because the number three, the, the freshman, is the second returner. Um, so you have to say, okay, he's in and out. Now, Marshall can't be out on the field. A coach has to figure that out, too, and say, okay, let's get a timeout. That was a crucial play there. So the same the things we started to see the same thing, you know, and it's you know with Napier, I, I love him. I think he needs the answer, but maybe he need to do what Jimbo Fisher's done, some of the other coaches that call plays to give that part of his his coaching up to be able to see more of the field, to see what's going on, to be able to make decisions, uh, have somebody up in the box can see what's going on on the whole field. 
he can only see like I know he's used to doing it, but you can pretty much see right down in front of you, you know. So that part is where I'm big at. Maybe he needs to give that part of the game up, his you know his coaching up, and let get another coach in here to call the offense. I think the defense is going to be fine, but that part I think we need he needs to make a change. I love Napier. I think he's the answer, but I just think that part is really killing us and. And these fans that keep wanting to throw shots at Anthony, stop. Okay, maybe Napier told him to get down because he had nothing behind him. He goes out. He, he doesn't have the luxury what Utah has. They have two quarterbacks that they can use, they can win with. Do we do we have that at Florida here? I don't think so. All right. So we need to stop throwing shots at Anthony. All right, Daryl, thank you for your call. Jack, welcome to the Extra Point. Hey, Steve, how you doing? I think that the, the guy you had, uh, by the way, you've had some great people that have come on to your show and you've done some great interviews. Um, but he just said earlier, coaching, I think this is a very young team. I think that having two offensive line coaches and still having the issues you're having, yes, the center being out hurt. But, again, you've had most of these kids in since January. That's, that's, that's just bad. And, again, I agree with the previous caller. I believe Billy needs to become the CEO type, I think, for him to make it. I'm still supporting Billy. And for all these people that are saying that Billy needs to be fired this year, they're stupid. The U.S. administration is, is tired of paying football coaches three or four years like we have the last three guys and not get any results. So they're going to stick with Billy. I mean, by the way, Steve, if you, if you can Billy this year, who would take this job? Honestly. Oh, I think there'd be people who would take this job. I, I still think people view this potentially uh, with the recruiting base and all of that. I think there'd be candidates here. I think the issue would be, and I think the issue has been, with the exception of Mullen, right, you're, you're hiring a – I don't want to say a wannabe, that, that's, but I mean not an established yeah, yeah. name. Well, uh, you know, one, one more thing, and I'll let you go on everybody. you got a lot of callers in. Again, I agree with time management. Billy's play calling coming in, and I, I do the, the defense was always switching around out of place last night, kind of like the last couple of years. Um, but the, we ate up so much clock on that last drive, and – He's got to get play calls. He's got to stop the motion, get things going. But I do agree with, like Shane said last night, we have some talent. The talent, This team is a much more young, talented team. We have talent. And you know what? I think Mertz played pretty dang good last night under the pressure he was under. But, man, these new kids we've had playing wide receiver are fantastic. But like Shane said last night, we need to, have to, we need to start passing and then running, being a pass-first team. And you said earlier, Billy's hard-headed, but I remember one Stephen Orr Spurrier back in 1992 sitting at Mississippi State when he got embarrassed on a Thursday night. He changed his entire offense immediately, and we went to the SEC uh, championship. All right, game. Jack. Thank you, yep, thank you for your call. Jimmy, welcome to the Extra Point. Hey, how are you? Good, Jimmy. Hey, Steve. I've been, I've been listening to you for 20 years. You are the man. This is the first time I've called because I just – I can't take it anymore. These uh, these fans that call and they complain over and over and over again. And I understand it's been a rough 15 years. I graduated 1998 from the University of Florida. We've seen good times, but like what? It's 14 games. Like I was talking to the producer. I, I know you said coaches would come here, but what kind of quality coach want to come here if Billy loses his job this quickly? He's building a program. I, I had a question for you. I, I'm worried if I'm a recruit or my son's a recruit and he's fantastic and he's committed to here and I hear the fan support is just 
awful. Like, I mean, I mean, I understand they're upset, but like, if I'm a, a parent of a kid who's going to come here, and I'm like, he's not going to do well. He's going to be treated like just terribly. And I mean, that, that might that's one of the reasons I thought Anthony left early. I mean, just why? I mean, obviously the money too, but like, why would I stick around if things don't go well? I'm going to get climbed all over. Do you have any worry about that with recruits? A little bit, um, but I would say this. I, I think I'm guilty of this. We, we see things in a very small window in a vacuum in Gainesville, Florida. My point, are fans like that in Austin, Texas? Are fans like that in Tuscaloosa? You know, I don't know, right? But I think what's happened here is very unique. It's kind of like at Texas. The, on, the only program I can, I can make a comparison to is Texas. In, in that Texas mm-hmm. used to be good, and they're not mediocre or irrelevant, but they're not, you know, they've not achieved the success level they've had in their glory days. Same thing with Florida, and that's lasted 15 years now. And I think whether fans want to admit it or not, that's part of the frustration that they're not back, you know, in the salad days of Steve and Urban. That's fair. All right, Jimmy, thank you well, for your call. I appreciate all you do. Yep, thank you. Aquarius, hello. How you doing, Steve? Good, Aquarius. Yeah, I'm not on the um, five Billy train because he didn't lose that game by himself. Uh, he, he got a whole coach staff. They, you know, they lost that game together. But um, I do believe that he needs to get another special team coordinator, and Billy needs to get an OC because his play calling is predictable. And it's very vanilla. You, when they line up and when they go in motion, that was part of Utah defense. They really knew where they were going before the ball even snapped. Because he, a lot of times, he running the same plays over and over and over. And that fourth and 12 wide receiver screen, I didn't understand that. And that fourth and three uh, toss to the tight end. I mean, you didn't even put Bordenham in there. You put a slow pass blocking tight end for that play. Like, the things he do in his play calling does not add up. I, he he, he needs an offense coordinator. Okay. And that's all I got to say. All right, Aquarius. Thank you. Tony, welcome to the Extra Point. Hey, Steve. What's up, man? Hey. Um, pretty uh, interesting interview that you had with Chadwick there from PFF about what he said about the coaching. Mm-hmm. Pretty much said that it was the worst coach game he's probably ever seen. That's pretty much kind of like what he said. And uh, Matt Hayes had quite an article there on Saturday down south also. I'm going to ask you a question, Steve. Mm-hmm. At the end of the year, does the athletic director sit down with the head coach and have like a little sit-down season and review type of meeting? Yes. Does that normally happen? Yes. Okay. If this season goes the way a lot of us think it's going to go and nothing pretty much changes, do you think Strickland will demand that he hire an OC play caller? Do you foresee that happening? Uh, I'm going to use your word, demand. Demand, okay. No, I don't think demand. (laughs) Uh, Do I think it's a discussion point? Uh, Yes, I do. I I do think it'll be a discussion point. Knowing Scott, I've never sat in, obviously, on a meeting that you know he's had with a coach. But knowing Jeremy all the years I did and talking to him about how he did his job, there are times 
when an athletic director will either make a suggestion, make a strong suggestion, or even a, I'll use your word, demand that, look, you, you want to stay here? I think you need to hire an OC. Um, I, don't, I don't sense that yet, um, but let's let the season play out, see what happens. You guys, let's let it play out because I'm thinking if I'm Mr. Strickland, I know that I myself am probably fired if Billy's third year is a disaster as, as well. So in order to prevent that from happening, if I think he needs an OC and a play caller so he could take a more, what we've all talked about, overview approach to the whole program so that all these little mistakes don't keep happening, you know, I would make that demand. And, and if not, then you got to then make a change, I guess. But uh, I think it's going to come to that, Steve. We'll see. Thanks. Okay, take thank care, you, buddy. Tony. Let me just say this. I think I'm guilty of this at times. The other team, the other program, does not get credit. This is a good Utah team. And the head coach there prides himself on defense. And if you listen to this show on a regular basis, when he was on with me, he said the worst defensive game they had last year was against the Florida Gators. He remembered that. I, and if you heard all the guests we had to cover Utah, in all in one way, shape, or form, they all said that's going to change. He's, he's pointing to fix that. So you can talk all you want about Florida and how bad they are, or Napier, or whatever, but give some credit. Utah is a good football team that managed to win with eight starters out. Pretty good. 114, time check brought to you by Hayes Shillery, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Nick Van Zant, and this is your Gainesville Sports Center. This Sunday in Gators Sports, the 8th-ranked Florida Gators volleyball team hosts the 5th-ranked Minnesota Golden Gophers inside the O-Dome. The top 10 matchup starts at noon. Also on Sunday, the Gators soccer team travels to Kinsall, Georgia to face the Owls at 6. The Gators are off to a hot start and have won the same amount of games this year as they did in 2022. Last night, the Gator football team suffered a 24-11 defeat against the Utah Utes. Despite a good performance by new transfer quarterback Graham Mertz, special teams and costly penalties were the downfall for Florida Thursday night. The Gators looked to bounce back in their home opener against McNeese State on September 9th. Tampa Bay Rays enter September hot as ever. The Rays have won four straight and look to continue their streak tonight against the Cleveland Guardians. Coverage for tonight's series opener starts at 6.30. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Nick Van Zandt. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Hey, Bill, is that a new car? Nah, it's my same ride. I just got the dings taken out and repainted. I got it done at Mako in Gainesville. Wow, looks sharp. I thought it was a new car. Honestly, I was shocked at how good it looks. I'd recommend Mako of Gainesville to anyone. Give your car a brand new look. Take it to Mako in Gainesville. Excellent service and a fast turnaround on quality warranted work with 0% financing available. Visit MAACOGainesville.com or call 352-371-4251. Mako of Gainesville on Main Street. 
We all need somebody to lean on, somebody to trust and support us. At Radiant Credit Union, we believe in being that support for our members and our community. We're not just a credit union. We're here for our members in the North Central Florida area, and we want to help make your financial dreams a reality. When you open a free checking account with us, you can forget about monthly fees. You can even earn up to $300 just for joining. Visit RadiantCU.org community and let us support you on your financial journey. Federally insured by NCUA. Conditions apply. See website for details. At the Wood Stove and Fireplace Center, there's always excitement around football, family, and the first hint of the fall season. Family-owned and operated since 1975, the Wood Stove is the area's premier dealer of wood, gas, and electric stoves and fireplaces. Visit our showroom today to see our large selection of contemporary and traditional styles. Give your fireplace a facelift with our custom glass doors, screens, tool sets, and more. The Wood Stove and Fireplace Center, downtown Gainesville. Or visit woodstoveflorida.com. Hey, it's Steve Russell for Dick Mondell's Burgers and Fries. It's Key Lime Shake season. Try one right now. And try the Herb Chicken Burger, the house-made veggie burger, and my favorite, a Florida-raised beef original Big Dick with hot fries. Open seven days a week. Worthwhile, wholesome, fast food. Dick Mondell's Burgers and Fries. Spilled your drink? Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up spills quicker. And each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less than the leading ordinary brand. So, you can get back to your night. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. College football returns to ESPN Radio. This is what's so great about college football. These matchups, these brands. It's a top-ten showdown in Orlando, Florida, with Ranked LSU goes head-to-head with 8th ranked Florida State. The winner is thrust into the title contender conversation. It's a really big game for both teams. Pre-game coverage begins Sunday night at 7, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. The Extra Point Post Game Show with Steve Russell continues on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. Literally, I have over 20 emails to get to, and I hope I can. Um, Tony says, glad we found our faults before the Tennessee game. I like big opening games. Uh, Mike says, Tampa Mike, fancy to take a step back from their emotions and objectively evaluate this. Feel we didn't play or coach our best. Played a very good Utah team on the road. If not for a big touchdown pass, a short missed field goal and turnover around our 10-yard line, we were right there. Coach Napier says they'll improve and he likes this team and their attitude. Hang in there, Gator fans. I think this Gator team will improve and by year's end, we'll make you proud. Don't give up on them. They're, they're not going to quit. It's a long season. Most of us feel this is a 7-5 and five or an 8-4 and four team at best. But if we build and continue to lay the foundation, we will get there. Don't base it on one game. Craig, hello. Hey, Steve. Um, it, it's, uh, it's the frustration of mental mistakes. You, you, you're calling your special teams coach a game changer. Yes, he, he did change the game. It was awful last night. You know, you, it's constantly they're on kickoff. They're giving you the twenty-five for free. If it's a kick around the goal line, just take it. You're on the road. You got a new quarterback in a new system with a with a rebuilt O line. 
it's got to be, say, hey, just take the fair. But twice, even on uh, – people forget, Fair caught the ball on the four when they had two number threes in the field. In the second half, he caught a ball on the one on the punt return. They had eight players on the kick block when they missed the field goal in the second half in Utah towards the end of the game. Those are little details, the, the procedures as well, too. And let me, let me also talk about Scott. Scott's a great AD from Mississippi State for a mid-level program. Scott does not embrace NIL. NIL is the future of, of, of college football, and I don't think he's at that level. I think if Golden has a bad year coming up, I think he needs to go. You need someone who's going to embrace the new ways of college football like the other ADs have in the SEC, and I don't think Scott is on that level. I'm, gr- I'm so appreciative of what he's done for the program, but his last selection of coaches has not been good. And he's going to have to sit down with Billy and say, hey, Billy, you're going to have to make some changes to the staff or I'm going to go too as well. And I, I think also Billy needs to, to maybe cut some of the UL guys out of the out of the program because right now it's just not working with some of the guys. And my fear the most is I think he can recruit better than anyone we've had in a long time. But he might die on the sword of being the OC, and that could be the one thing that cost him his job. All right. We'll see. Thank you, Craig. Appreciate it. James, welcome to the Extra Point. Hey, Steve, can you hear me? I got you. All right, kind of a bad sell. Anyway, I just, I, I almost wanted to echo what uh, Mike from Tampa said in his email. I, a lot of the things I saw last night, the, the team didn't get out-talented. They didn't get out-run. They, you know, they, they, they seemed to hold their own from a talent and, and skill perspective. It was lining up wrong. It was illegal formation. It was false starts. It, it was a lot of that stuff that's coachable. I think the real test to me will be to see, are they coached? Does that improve from week one to week two, from week two to week three? If it doesn't, we'll we'll see a, a mess come Tennessee. But, you know, I, I, I guess for all these folks that are ready to throw in the towel, I, I think a lot of what we saw last night was mistakes that, yes, they were infuriating. Trust me, I was pacing around my living room like everybody else but they can be fixed. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to hope that we can make those corrections and, and move on. Thanks. Okay, thank you. Jake, welcome to the Extra Point. Hey, you know, I got a laugh yesterday out of everybody calling in, predicting us to win 27-14, 27-20. I, I never thought we were going to win at all, and I was right. But uh, it was the, the bad thing was just, Again, like everyone's saying, the coaching was really poor. How you could allow even have two guys out there with the same number, I don't get it. In fact, I'm surprised Marshall didn't even notice that there was somebody out there with the same number. That was a that was a turning point right there. That turned around and took took away to get the ball, and they come down and scored. And I disagree with it. I think our defense is not real good. I really don't think it is. That, that freshman they got ran through us like butter on that one play. Nobody could even touch him. So, like you said, you got, Utah deserves a lot of credit. They're a really good team, and they're probably going to win. They're going to win a lot of games, especially when they get Rising back. But that's a hard place to play, don't you think, Steve? I do. But but I, I'm going to I'm going to side with the defense here a little bit. Okay, you're not going to go 60, 70 plays against a good team and not give up a big play here and there. They won the game last night with 270 yards of offense. 
If you told me before the game, if you told me before the game that Florida's going to allow 270 yards of offense, would you have predicted Florida to win? Maybe not, probably not, but depends on what 270 yards comes from. If they're within the 40 or 45-yard line every time they start, doesn't matter. They had field position all night pretty much, I thought. They, you know, they could have scored more points than they did. I know that. And um, Well, Florida could have scored more know. points than they did. I mean, that's, that's you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda. I'm just saying that, I mean, Utah, like I said, they're a good team, well-coached. They built up depth so they could withstand having eight starters out and win the game, but they were not an offensive juggernaut last night. I think Florida acquitted itself pretty well defensively. Not great, but certainly better. Are you doing prognostication Friday? No. Uh, maybe at the very oh, end because okay. uh, just, it's just oh, okay. without, without enough time. Maybe the last yeah, segment you. will do it. Okay. Thank you, Jake. Appreciate your call. All right, let me get to some of the emails here, and I'm not going to be able to read them all because you're giving me war and peace here. Um, Mike says uh, some pluses, defensive line, linebacker play, quarterback play, wide receiver play, minus secondary, play calling, special teams, and discipline by players with pre-snap penalties. Uh, Lee, in the abstract, going to be a long year if the positive fans are blaming the negative ones. Half the fans blame the coaches. Half the media blames the players. It's a fragmented Gator Nation. Kind of feels like must-champ McElwain Mullen era all over again. He says positives merge better than we thought. D-line and tackling better. D better. Early in the year, Utah good. Uh, negatives, a poor scheme. Awful in-game management. Zero offensive identity. Uh, Shelvin. On the last drive, explain why the pre-snap motion can't cease in this offense when down 13 late in the fourth. Uh, I agree. I mean, you, the, the clock is winding down. Remember, because of the rule change now, the clock continues to run late in the game. Uh, I do uh, agree with that. Uh, and he said only eight on the field for a play. Um, inexcusable, he says. Uh, Roger, the problem last night um, – Napier's preached about being disciplined, not beating oneself. Exactly the issues that did us in. Offensive line play, atrocious. If you're allowed to hire 80-plus assistants, the equipment penalty becomes inexcusable. I pulled up the roster this morning. I stand up by how young this team is. Yep. Mertz is serviceable. D was good, not great. Didn't lose the game. Get right against McNeese, then compete against Tennessee. After that, I'll render a more finalized assessment. Um... Norman says the embarrassing moment was the following. ESPN runs a halftime blooper of the Gators' self-inflicted miscues on national TV. Uh, all of that went on. Uh, eight months of preparation. This is the best Florida can do. That's from Norm. Jeff, disappointing loss, not unexpected. Utah may be the best team we see before the Georgia game. Tough task to think we would go out there and defeat Utah. That said, too many fundamental mistakes by players and coaches. Uh, Napier has a methodical take what they give you approach to offensive play calling. It seems they can look pretty bland at times. I'd like to see a more aggressive approach. 128, time check brought to you by Hayes Chittlery, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Dean of the College of Journalism and Communications here at the University of Florida, and you are listening to ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. 
been telling you Mike for a Lester while now is the about founder the founder of Talent Wealth. I can't believe how much attention Talent's advertising has been receiving. All I said was I wouldn't sell my mother an annuity, and nobody should sell you an annuity either. So here's the thing: I was a very successful annuity salesperson back in the day, but I evolved as a financial advisor, as a fiduciary. I just don't know how, as a fiduciary, you can promote products that pay you a commission before your clients make a dime. So all of you out there pushing and selling annuities to your clients, explain to them who's paying for your radio advertisements, who's producing your radio show. After you answer those questions, then explain to me why I wouldn't sell my mother an annuity. That's all there is to it. Mike, you pay for all of our advertising. I produce our radio stuff, and I work for Talon Wealth. That's right, Christian. We don't have to sell annuities to provide income to people in retirement. More at guardingyournestegg.com. Advisory services through Talent Private Wealth and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Florida License D0563. As I was saying, I've been telling you for a while now about the Roadheaver Boys Ranch in Palatka. I'd like to remind you about the great work that they do do. They house at-risk young boys from difficult home environments, and they can turn their troubled lives around into futures full of promise with your help your donation of unused or unwanted vehicles of just about any kind. They take these vehicles, they fix them, they resell them, they learn real-life skills because of it. This is among the best charities in Florida you can support. It does so much good. So if you have an unused or unwanted vehicle, please donate it to the Roadheaver Boys Rancher. Donation is tax-deductible. It really helps a great cause. Google Boys Ranch Palatka or go to rbr.org. To find out more. Hi, this is Dr. Luis Rodriguez of Exceptional Dentistry. Hear what our clients have to say about their experience at Exceptional Dentistry. I first heard of Exceptional Dentistry through family. Our dentist had retired and we were looking for a new dentist and I valued everybody's input from the family. And so they said that it was professional, well done, friendly staff, they were just so impressed. I would like people to know about exceptional dentistry, that you can trust them implicitly to do the best job ever. It's not your worry. Put the worry in their hands and then you'll have great outcome. Let them do their thing. It's a great spot. We recommend them to everybody. This is Dr. Luis Rodriguez, and if you think you have dental problems that are too big to overcome, we're here for you. Please visit us at ExceptionalDentistry.com. That's ExceptionalDentistry.com. Total control. We'd all love that, wouldn't we? You can have total control of your home environment with help from Electronics World. Let the pros at EW install a system to control your audio, video, lights, locks, thermostats, custom shades, garage door, and more. Plus, monitor your surveillance cameras with just one app. Now that's total control. Electronics World. Visit our showroom in Gainesville or online at electronicsworld.net. Spurrier's Gridiron Grill is a special type of place for fans of the Gators and great food, which is why we've made every day special. Join us on Martini Tuesdays for half-off handcrafted martinis and Wine Wednesdays, where you can enjoy a bottle of wine for 50% off. And don't forget the incredible Spurrier's Gridiron Grill brunch buffet and bottomless mimosas and Bloody Marys every Saturday and Sunday from 11 to 3. That's right, a brunch buffet every Saturday and Sunday from 11 to 3. Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, the hottest restaurant in Florida in the heart of Gator Nation. 
From the UF Weather Center, here is your WRUF weather update. Today, clouds and sun early, high temperatures in the upper 80s, but it is going to feel very muggy, heat indices in the lower 100s. Scattered showers early becoming widespread inland by the evening. Heavy rainfall rates could lead to localized flooding. A few lingering showers early on tonight, then cloudy skies tomorrow morning, lows in the mid-70s. From the UF Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Megan Borowski. The Extra Point Post Game Show with Steve Russell continues on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. A quick program note. We will have a show on Labor Day. Shane will be here in studio with me Tuesday. The uh, Inside the Huddle show this week will be on Wednesday because Coach Spurrier is going to be at Duke. He's going back for the Clemson-Duke game Monday night. Won't be back by Tuesday. So we'll have inside the huddle on Wednesday. So, again, we will have a Labor Day show. Uh, we'll have Shane here in the studio, as he always is going to be during the year, uh, on Tuesday. And then uh, inside the huddle Wednesday and our very first 1st and 10 pregame show at the UF Bookstore will take place Saturday when McNeese is here. All right, back to the uh, emails. And again, I, I got to shorten these because I'm getting war and peace. Uh, Jerry thinks people overreacting, plenty of self-inflicted mistakes, all phases, yet the game was still winnable. Top 20 team on the road, first game, et cetera. Relax, enjoy the process. Complete team loss. Everybody should be willing to work harder and move on up. Chris? Um, outcome in the self-inflicted wounds, certainly disappointing. The mistakes correctable. You had five brand-new offensive linemen working together in a game for the first time in a hostile environment against a good team. Would rather have the mistakes show up now and be corrected. We won the first game last year. I thought we were back. Uh, James says, uh, 15 years of disappointment. Great point. Uh, Greg says Florida's perceived strength on offense was going to be the running backs, but the awful old line play uh, was the reason that didn't happen. The receivers and Mertz, the only bright spot when Mertz had time. Shane said on his podcast today, I just aired out from here in order to break up, in order to open up uh, the running game. Waited for an entire season to see a Florida team look very much like the Las Vegas Bowl team from last season. That is alarming. Vince says, the main issue I have, we always hear about the attention to detail this coach and staff uses. Hired an army to help plan and implement processes to oversee every aspect. Where was it? All I saw was poorly coached, undisciplined team. I realized we're in a rebuild. I was not, am not expecting a lot. I want to see a program that has their act together and gives me optimism for the future. Last night didn't see that. That's my frustration. Thanks for doing the show. Uh, let's see here. Dr. Gill what the team needed was a non-SEC game at home instead of a road game against a Rose Bowl team. Defense much improved, but the O-line still a problem after a decade. Mertz will be fine with protection. The NCAA has ruined a great sport as the teams had 57 and 53 plays run. Forget about great com comebacks that get used to 24 to 11 games. Uh, love the caller who said players are thinking of leaving. Tell us who you spoke to. Yeah, after one game, that's a bit interesting. Tommy says, bottom line, Florida didn't look like a well-prepared team. Strategy was really questionable on defense and offense. You run and throw when they're not and always disguise the intent of the play. Try to get superior numbers on a play. Running between the tackles with eight players in the box is not effective. Gator players aren't aggressive or nasty. 
Their athletic techniques were poorly executed. Billy has to toughen up and start setting the tone from the top down. Solutions, get an effective OC, spend time coaching the coaches, overseeing the big picture, hope he finds success. I think he'll have to look outside his comfort zone. Uh, Richard says, entertaining to open up with a challenging top 25 opponent, but UF taking lumps with a very young squad, new coaching, long road trip, hurricane distractions is humbling. Uh, get ready for the next game. Well, remember, those, those uh, schedules are made years in advance without knowing you know, what the coach is going to be. Andrew says, couldn't catch a break, could have had five turnovers, the pivotal PI, kind of fluke plays that could have easily won our way. Merch in the offense was clicking at the end. That flat second quarter buried us, forced to go for touchdowns at the end, so the score wasn't indicative of how competitive it was. Mike doesn't understand going for two. And that was curious to me. You know, there's a chart, though, that coaches have that says when to go for two and not. But, yeah, that, that did surprise me, but maybe the chart says go for it. Uh, Halligator, frustrating last night. Hopefully our team will improve. Often wonder why we hired a coach who had one good year at a second- and third-year program. How that's not factual. He was something like 33-3 and three over his last two, uh, three years there. So uh, it was more than one year. Our ADs made several terrible coaching hires. Napier appears to be another. Utah's a good team because they have good coaching. Yeah, a longtime coach that they uh, kept around, didn't chase out of town. Bobby says, I'm hearing a lot of predictable feedback following last night's loss, including a few callers bashing our fan base for being too critical. My question, since you've mentioned several times a hypothetical one over Tennessee, what do you think the UAA's next steps if we hypothetically go 4-8? and eight? Uh, they will certainly reevaluate everything. I mean, that's that, that, that question is, has an obvious answer. If you go 4-8, and eight, Bobby, if you don't reevaluate everything, if you don't look at where the program is, if you don't look at what if, if the future can turn around, uh, something is really wrong. So I, I hear you. Joe says, many mistakes, head scratches from last night, one glaring miscue, the sideline not calling timeout when the clock was running down to lay a game penalty. I think they were in the red zone at the time. Uh, Bill, Utah having eight starters out and a Gator defense. Was this a fair game to judge the improvement of the defense with Utah having eight starters out? Well, all of them weren't on offense. That's number one, Bill. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they had two key cogs out with Rising and, and Keithy. Uh, if they played, I would certainly think their offense would have been better. Todd says, positives from Utah game, the touchdown catch by Douglas, the speed of Wilson and the tight end play. Merch did enough. He can manage the team and improve. Defense did get better at pressure, open field tackling. With Ritter, we moved the ball between the 20s, once in the red zone. Uh, that changed. Great recruiting class this year and next, but if Napier can't get production from all the talent, there's a deeper issue. Maybe he needs to redesign the plays or bring in an OC. Uh, back to our phone, Tennessee Mike, hello. Hey, Steve, got a couple of game operations questions for you. Um, first off, let's don't forget Florida was about a five-point underdog going into the game, the top 15 team on the road. I, I think it is an overreaction. I saw some, some uh, bright lights, especially that third quarter. I mean, Florida really outgained Utah in the third quarter, right? There were some good things in the game, yes. Yeah. Uh, in an opener, I'm not sure if I saw bad football or sloppy football, and I'm leaning more towards sloppy football, and that leads to my questions. Steve, I know you got to do things in recruiting, but how, how, how can two dudes be wearing number three? Yeah, that's pretty hard to explain. Um, I mean, and again, that goes back to the rule change 
where you can have you know different players wearing the same jersey. Never had to worry about that before because of that rule. Um, but obviously, somebody is responsible for that. Somebody is responsible for who goes in the game, who's out of the game, et cetera. So that's, yeah, that's got to be fixed. To crystallize my question is, is, how would two guys be allowed to wear number three, period? How could that ever happen? Because that's what the rules say you can do. I know, but do they promise these guys in recruiting you can I have be no idea. Three? I have no idea. That was a pretty big play in the game. That's I'm not saying it out. wasn't a big play. I'm just saying, you know, that – you see players that are wearing the same number. Every school that I know of does that. Yeah, okay. Uh, two things for you, Steve. The uh, deal with Persaud before Florida scored its touchdown, um, I thought that was kind of interesting. The ESPN Zebra was saying it was a clear uh, drop, and uh, they went to commercial. Did you think it was, I was a close uh, call? What did you think? Was that a catch or not? Uh, I, I, to me, that could have gone either way. I mean, you, normally if there's no real evidence to overturn a call – the call stands, that's where I sort I didn't think it was a clear drop. But had they ruled that it was a drop, I could have understood that too. It was just tough, but the, uh, the, the SBN guy said it was a clear drop. He said he would have called it a, a drop on the field. It was an SEC crew. I just kind of found that a little interesting. And last thing for you, Steve, that was my first look at this, uh, the pace of play. I enjoyed the quicker game and the running clock, and I'm curious if you did and hang in there. Okay, thank you. Um, you know, when, when I'm watching a game, I don't look at a clock. I, I just look at the game. Uh, but I was a little bit surprised when the game was over, like, oh, it's only 11.20 or whatever it was. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think, once again, there are people that want, just like in baseball, right, they want a quicker pace of a game. And there are others who lament it because it's changing you know, the rules of the game. Um, but I don't really, unless a game is excessively long, you know, with a lot of commercials and all of that, it doesn't really bother me. 142, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending now on ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Bennett Solomon. Florida Gators football team opened its season Thursday night, falling to the Utah Utes 24-11. Gators' ground game struggled all night against Utah, and costly penalties and miscues played pivotal in Billy Napier's first game in year two as head coach. Gators will play their home opener against McNeese State next Saturday at 7.30. Gators' volleyball team is back in action on Sunday as they look to stay undefeated. Florida is set to take on the number five Minnesota Golden Gophers at the Old Dome in the top ten matchup. The game is set to begin at noon. Gator soccer team is also in action on Sunday. Team is taking on Kennesaw State and kickoff is set for six. Switching over to the Diamond, the Tampa Bay Rays begin a three-game series with the Cleveland Guardians tonight. You can find coverage right here starting at 6.30. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Bennett Solomon. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Dave Ray's Automotive. We get the bugs out of your car. College football season is here, and there's lots of great plays being made. Hey, it's Steve Russell. Let me tell you about one of my favorite plays when it comes to my automobile. I take it to Dave Mays Automotive. Why? Because I trust the team to treat me and my vehicle with respect, integrity, and honesty. If you're tired of being treated like a number at the chain stores, make a great play and head to Dave Mays Automotive, located at 2905 Northeast 19th Drive in the industrial complex behind the Sunnies on Waldo Road. 
brakes, AC, oil changes, tires, engine and transmission work, and of course, their famous bug check. Modern to import, diesel trucks and fleet service, they do it all. Learn more at DaveMaysAutomotive.com. Dave Mays Automotive, we get the bugs, all of them bugs, out of your car. Hey, it's Steve Russell from my friends at Southeast Car Agency in Gainesville, 310 Northeast 39th Avenue. They don't have any new vehicles. They haven't in over 40 years they've been in business. They specialize in giving you the best alternative you have to purchasing a new vehicle, the best in late model, low mileage vehicles. They always keep up the best and the highest inventory of high quality used vehicles. Check them out online, secars.com. Go see them in person, Northeast 39th Avenue in Gainesville, Southeast Car Agency. At the Wood Stove and Fireplace Center, there's always excitement around football, family, and the first hint of the fall season. Family-owned and operated since 1975, the Wood Stove is the area's premier dealer of wood, gas, and electric stoves and fireplaces. Visit our showroom today to see our large selection of contemporary and traditional styles. Give your fireplace a facelift with our custom glass doors, screens, tool sets, and more. The Wood Stove and Fireplace Center, downtown Gainesville. Or visit woodstoveflorida.com. The Extra Point Post Game Show with Steve Russell continues on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. Congratulations, Andrew Childers, winner of Spurrier's Gridiron Grill's Visor Vision. Andrew came the closest in guessing the total amount of points scored in last night's game without going over. He went with 34 and with the final count being 35 he wins an autographed visor courtesy of the HBC and a $50 gift card to Spurrier's. Predict next week's game by logging on to WRUF.com that's WRUF.com Alright, last 15 minutes of the Extra Point Post Game Show today here on Sports Scene. We are doing a show Monday, Labor Day. Shane in the studio here Tuesday. And then inside the huddle will be Wednesday this week because Coach Breyer will be get to do Clemson game. 3928255. Email srussell at wruf.com. BB says, uh, Kirk Herbstreit on our Gator defense, big and strong but slow. On the very non-funny Keystone Cops routine of two number threes in the field, uh, no two players should have the same number ever. Um, I get shooting myself in the foot. You have to take a rusty axe to repeatedly do it. Will this team be an awkward caterpillar that morphs into a butterfly or an ugly duckling that just quacks up? He expected better. Uh, James says, I like the new clock rule. A little faster play. Merch looked good. Also good to see Florida target the tight end. That's true. Uh, the defense played better than last year. Uh, the O-line needs help. Uh, and... Uh, Wow. Frederick says, bottom line, the Gators suck, along with the coach, and forget the $400 million upgrade. Napier needs to start looking for a job or have Florida employ uh, employers help him find a job. Wow. You know what? <laughs> I'll be careful what I say here. I get when you are a high-profile something, coach, CEO, whatever, you know, part of the demand that's made of you is, is money-driven. 
right? Well, he's making all that money. And that's true, right? You're supposed to earn your money. But by gosh, to be judged over 14 games. Now, it is certainly fair to say through 14 games of the Billy Napier era, this is my assessment. Totally fair. Absolutely and totally fair. And if you want to say, Fred Rigg or anybody else, that right now he sucks as a coach, you have that right. I mean, his record is 6-8. and eight. Okay. But I would hope, I would hope that if I'm running a business, that especially if the business I'm inheriting was broken and the people involved in that business wanted the former coach or CEO out, they chased him out of town, that you would give me time to fix that. You would give me time to fix the wrongs that you saw in chasing the other dude out. That's all I'm saying. But I don't see that a lot anymore. Dick, hello. Hey, Steve. How you doing? Great show. Hey, guys. You're not going to believe what happened to us here last night. We have Spectrum in St. Pete. I don't know if you heard this. The teams were lined up for the kickoff, and the TVs go out. No ESPN. Disney pulled the plug. There were negotiations with Spectrum. There was no ESPN or ESPN2 in our area here in St. Pete with Spectrum's cable. Hmm. So we missed the game. Yeah, that's... Except for we pulled it up on the tablet, but we missed the game live. And yeah. we still don't have ESPN. But um, I saw some positive last night. I mean, Cal Williamson's a good coach, man. He, he game plan for us just like we did for them. He knew we had two young safeties. One a true freshman has a great play to start the game. You know, he came out, drugged that one receiver in front of the safety, and then ran a post with the other guy. And you know, Moten unfortunately bit on the on the, on the up guy and couldn't couldn't get back on that. You know, but it wasn't like Utah went up and down the field on a scoring last night. I mean, we shot ourselves in the foot with the interception of the ten, the shank punt that that you know gave him the ball and I think our forty or thirty five. Uh, we had the ball, I think, twice inside their 15, I think, maybe. And, and we came out with three points. We missed a 31-yard field goal. I mean, those aren't Napier's faults. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't think – I didn't see really Utah really doing that much either last night. I mean, well, know, they played they, a little bit. they had an excuse. Problem. I mean, if, if I'm going to be uber critical of Florida, okay, there's two things I would cite. One, Florida couldn't run a lick last night. Couldn't run a lick. Now, if that's Utah saying, we're not going to allow you to run, right, because we're gonna, we know that's what you do, and merge through for 333. So, but I certainly think there are those who felt that Florida should have thrown the ball more because of what Utah was doing. And secondly... You know, it's a 13-point game. Florida was, what, a four- or five-point underdog. If you're looking at the glass half empty, you're going to say uh, Utah won that with eight starters out. What if Rising and Keithy were healthy? What would that have been like? We'll never know. But, I mean, you know, I, I think the best thing for this is flush this out, 
fix, you know, get right for McNeese and then, you know, hope you can beat Tennessee again here in the swamp, which you've done for like 20 straight years or 20 straight times, whatever it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, but I, I agree too. That's off the line, but we had a bunch of new starters. Slaughter was in its center. Uh, I didn't think our offensive line played great, but uh, I saw some positives. Though the young kids, I think the young kids are going to be as advertised. T.J. Searcy looked good in some plays last night. Uh, Eugene Wilson, and we had some young guys that made some plays last night for their first game in a, in a pretty tough place to play. So I, I think we got some positives. All right, thank you. Right. Appreciate you the call. Bob. Yep. You know, the other thing was interesting. I always look, and I think to myself, okay. Am I getting the ball to playmakers? Am I getting the ball to playmakers? Well, last night, Ricky Pearsall was targeted 14 times. So you can't say they didn't try to getting the ball to their best receiver. Because they did. The next highest target receiver was Caleb Douglas. Six. 153, time check brought to you by Hayes Chillery. Back to wrap up the extra point, ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Cloaked in orange and blue and fortified on the campus of the University of Florida, you are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. I'm not exaggerating when I say this. QC Kinetics can change your life. You can live again without that chronic joint pain and without drugs or surgery. Hi, it's Steve Russell. QC Kinetics is advanced regenerative medicine. They take your body's own concentrated healing properties and put them right into your joint to restore and repair that damaged tissue that's causing all that horrible pain. The patient satisfaction reports are astonishing. Finally, a real alternative to the old ways of dealing with pain. And unlike surgery, no downtime with QC treatments. If you have constant pain in your knees, hip, shoulder, or back, you need to call and get a free consultation from the medical professionals at QC Kinetics today. Imagine this fall, moving around pain-free, doing the things you love again like walking, hiking, and playing with grandkids. Call QC Kinetics and see how the latest advances in precision regenerative medicine can attack your pain and bring you lasting relief. Now with clinics in Gainesville, Ocala, and the Villages, 352-400-4550, QC Kinetics. Hey, Steve Russell here for the Road Heaver Boys Ranch in Palatka. This facility houses at-risk young boys from troubled homes and is sustained by donated cars, trucks, boats, RVs, or any vehicle. Donations tax-deductible and go a long way towards helping these boys learn real-life skills by repairing the vehicles and reselling them. A real win-win. The Road Heaver Boys Ranch has been helping boys for over 70 years. They need your help. So please consider donating your unused or unwanted vehicle. Google Boys Ranch Palatka or go to rbr.org and learn more. We know that we can depend on Gator Nation to step up when you're needed. The Roadheaver Boys Ranch has been helping at-risk young boys from troubled homes for over 70 years, and they need your help now more than ever. So please consider donating your car, truck, boat, RV, or any vehicle to help these boys. They learn real-life skills by repairing them and reselling them to sustain the facility. Donations are tax-deductible. Cash donations accepted also. Google Boys Ranch Palatka or go to rbr.org to learn more. Thanks again. Attention people with Medicare and anyone turning 65. Are you enrolled in the best Medicare plan available? 
The average Medicare beneficiary has a choice of 54 Medicare plans, 766 Medicare Part D prescription drug plans, and a record 3,834 Medicare Advantage plans. How do you know you have the right plan? Simple. Call 800-571-7025. That's 800-571-7025. The service is free. You may find a plan with a $0 monthly premium, $0 co-pays, and $0 deductible. Don't gamble. Speak to a licensed agent to find out which plan is right for you. Call 800-571-7025. That's 800-571-7025. 800-571-7025. And let Best Med Care do the work for you. Do you wish you could take half the week off by Wednesday? At Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, you can do just that. Every Tuesday is Martini Tuesday, where you can enjoy a handcrafted martini for 50% off. Wednesdays, get half off any bottle of wine up to $75. And if you make it through the whole week, we have the best brunch buffet and bottomless mimosas and Bloody Marys in town every Saturday and Sunday. Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, part restaurant, part museum, all good times in the heart of Gator Nation. It's true. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Well, we're here to help. Every weekday this season when Gators football is on the road, the UF Bookstore wants to hook you up. At 12.30 p.m. during Sports Scene with Steve Russell, listen for your UF Bookstore break. When you hear your cue, give me a break, give me a break. Log on to WRUF.com. And sign up to win a $25 gift card to the UF Bookstore in the Wright Union. The UF Bookstore, gearing you up for Gators game days right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. The Extra Point Post Game Show with Steve Russell continues on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. All right, Bernard's our final caller. Bernard, you got one minute. Go. Steve, uh, special teams. I'm not uh, – we can do better than Adam Mahala. But, Steve, Spurrier was, uh, was at his best when we lost. He looks at film. I know it's just one game, Steve, but I don't know whether Damon George is a, a quality right tackle. They, they may have to shuffle some pieces until they can find the five best players to play on the offensive line. Steve, you have a great weekend. Okay, okay, Bernard, you as well. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I think we certainly look and see. I mean, they they evaluate, they grade, they look at tape like any other coaching staff does. And I think Agakwin coming back, if he does, uh, will certainly, I think, be a, a, he's a guy that's played a lot, a good player. That should help. Don't forget, Monday we will have sports scene, even though it's a holiday. Tuesday, Shane is here uh, during sports scene to take your questions, calls, and comments. And then Wednesday, inside the huddle is Wednesday this week because Coach Spurrier is at the Duke game Monday night, can't make it back on Tuesday. So that's what we have coming up next week as the Gators get set for their first home game of the year against McNeese State. Thanks to Jamie for producing the Extra Point postgame show slash sports scene. We won't do this again because there's no other game during the midweek. So we'll be back to our normal schedule. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the holiday. But we hope we can talk to you Monday on Sports Scene. You're listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. I'm Steve Russell. Enjoy the rest of your day and stay dry.
This is Scott Strickland. We hope you enjoyed the preceding Gators sporting event. We now return to regularly scheduled programming right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators.